Can you guys hear that? I'm just out here in the jungle, hanging out with all the birds. But it's not really the jungle. It's the national forest that is my backyard. So why did I spend all day inside, in front of a computer? Well, some breaks for cooking and being a mom, but not many. It's a strange thing. A strange thing indeed. I've been feeling lost. And other people I know have been feeling lost as well. And yet, most of us are also experiencing some nice levels of togetherness that we don't get when we're having our everyday lives and our children are off at school. It's bringing up conflicts in some households that I'm hearing from. And then some people I know, some people who listen to these tarot readings, uh, are spending most of their time alone. Some of them are enjoying that. Some are a little freaked out. The other day, I came to the exact spot where I am right now. It's this beautiful rock formation. And I was actually making a recording, like a tarot teaching, that I decided not to use because it, even for me, it kind of blathered on and on and was kind of incoherent. <laughs> but I sat on this wonderful rock formation here. We have these in this forest. It's where the lava bubbled up. And it leaves these porous formations that rise up above the manzanita. Our manzanitas here are bushes with red stems. And to me, these rock formations remind me of when I lived in Ireland. And you'd find these sorts of things in the countryside in Ireland, but they were made by people. Various cairns and the remains of old forts and cottages, castles, who knows what. But here, it's just the volcanoes, just Mother Nature. Howdy, it's me again later back at home. At that point, the wind blew in the microphone and my son came jumping up and interrupted the proceedings. It's possible that he will sneak up, listen to the reading later, and then say a little something later on. It's possible, you never know. And in the middle is this snag, so it's a ponderosa that was a hundred something feet tall broken half, half of it lies prone on the ground, silvered, still has branches careening off of it in all sorts of angles. The snag itself still has some bark clinging to it, so it's not that old. It's still got some amber and brown streaks mixed in with the white and silver and gray, and it's beautiful. And when I discovered this place the other day, it was very sunny out, with a very clear blue sky and a very brisk cold wind. I admired all this and sat here, and then I saw some people 
Over in the forest, I could see bright colors walking down the hill. We're in the foothills of um, some bigger mountains here. And I thought, where are they coming from? I walked down to where I had seen them meet the gravel road. The gravel road I've walked on approximately four zillion times in the last three or so years since moving here. And there was a road leading off of the gravel road, just a forest service dirt road, and they had walked down it. And somehow I have never walked up that hill, never walked up that road in my many, many, many walks here. And I thought, how is that even possible? And I'd already had a long walk, and it was sunny and very cold, and I was kind of hungry, but I was like, I have to walk up that road. And I did. And it was a wonderful little adventure. It's a great road, and there's great trees. And as I went up, I thought, you know, somebody told me about up here there's a meadow where you can see all, you know, North Sister, Middle Sister, Black Crater, mountain peaks whose names I don't know, various buttes. Why have I never actually walked up here? It was weird. (laughs) And so I had a marvelous time. And I thought, well, since I don't know my way around up here, I should just head back. But that seemed rather dull. So I kept taking little roads and paths and things. Ran into an encampment where somebody's living up there. Didn't want to deal with that. Got on some other road. And then I was like, I don't know what this road is or where it's going. I'm just going to go downhill. So I went off trail, which for me is pretty normal. And I got this excited feeling that I remember from childhood. And from certain road trips. And from being in my 20s in various big cities. It was this feeling of excitement because I was kind of lost. Not super scary lost, like I just parachuted off of a airplane that was on fire and I've landed in a random forest somewhere. Not that lost. But the thrill of, I don't really know where I am. And I'm going to trust my sense of direction, which is pretty good. And we'll see where I end up. And because I'm only a couple few miles from home... You know, if I actually get stuck somewhere, you know, it won't be that hard to get out of this situation. Yet still, that thrill of, I don't know where I am. I don't know how this is all going to end up. And I went through this beautiful part of the forest, stopped, took a pee, kept going, and then got a little uneasy. Like, I am surprised that the topography is changing to this over here. And this over there, and maybe I'm not really going the right way. But it felt good. I was like, I'm probably going the right way. So I, you know, made my way down the hill through manzanitas and pine groves and over rocks. And just when I was thinking, I might have to, you know, turn around, try a different direction, call somebody... Just as I was thinking that, I saw something shining down the hill a couple hundred feet away. And I thought, that almost looks like that snag. 
the snag where I was sitting earlier on top of that rock before I went on a walk and found the road and went uphill. And what do you know? Pretty soon I came into the clearing through the thick manzanita and it was the same snag. Somehow I had made my way back to the exact same spot. It felt celebratory. I sat here again on the nice sunny rock and from there I wended my way home. I bring that up because I've been feeling lost. This started before the coronavirus. This has to do with my career such as it is, my vocations and avocations, my tendency to have many of them, and financial issues that go along with that, this kind of thing. And I turned 50 this year. I think that's part of it too. Having my having some kind of little midlife crisis. The virus situation amplifies that rather dramatically. The reliable clients who I at least had some work from, whether or not I was really as into that work as I used to be, well, they're on hold, they're on pause. So are a lot of other things. And so I drift. And sometimes in the lostness, I feel that little thrill of excitement. That little thrill of excitement I felt when I went up the strange road up further on the hill. It came with some trust, some trust that I knew this territory well enough and that I had a good enough sense of direction that I would, you know, I'd get back eventually. And there's always backups, right? Cell phone, something will work. So there's a trust that something will work, and yet there's a thrill in stepping off the usual path. Stepping outside of my self-contained boundary that I didn't even realize I had drawn for myself. I honestly have no idea. I do have chronic illness, and sometimes it's uh, physically difficult for me to go far. So that's one excuse. But a lot of the time I'm doing pretty well. And yet I never took that road before. So my lostness feeling in life, in career and work. What about that? Why doesn't that feel like a joyous step off the beaten path? I don't know. I'm trying to work with it for what it is. It always brings a song to mind. It's by a band called Cranes from the 90s. And she has a little girl sort of voice, the singer Allison, whom I interviewed once long ago for some magazine or newspaper. And she croons in the song. She goes, I feel like a boat drifting on a lonely sea. The stars and the moon shine down on me. And the music is big and bold and loud. And I always think of that song when I end up in a feeling of lostness. Drifting on a lonely sea can be wonderful. But it can be lonesome and confusing and you don't know where you're going to wind up. So I think I somehow want to learn both from that nice crane song and from my walk in the forest. 
as I move forward. And as I make inevitable mistakes and waste my time on projects that I can't really fulfill because they don't pay well enough, they're community projects. I did that today. I wasted most of the entire day working on things that by the end of the day I was like, this isn't going to work. I can't do this just for free. This is crazy. <laughs> or for the hope that someday somebody might give me a grant. So there's there's something. So my lostness makes me susceptible to just diving into anything. Anything that seems fun or has a structure or a collaboration in it. Let's go. But it's not always smart. So I guess I'm choosing to stay lost for a while. And maybe I'll look up at some point and I'll find a big silvered snag. And I'll recognize my path. Or maybe I'll go a longer way around. The loneliness of the boat drifting on the sea is something that a lot of people are feeling right now. It's a strange time of increased connection, decreased connection. We're all in a weird time, so people are reaching out more. There's more FaceTime, more Zoom, more calls to Grandma. But there's also the reality of physical solitude. I like a lot of that, but some of it gets a little creepy, it's a little weird. So I asked the Burning Tarot deck today, before I set off on this walk, I asked for a card that would give all of us a message, a message that we could take over the weekend. My family does Shabbat, uh, so we don't work or use our digital devices after sundown on Friday and all the way through Saturday. So I thought, let's pull a card for the whole weekend. And what I pulled was a gatherer card from the Burning Tarot. And what it depicts is, um, kind of looks like a big tarp or something, some kind of shade structure. And then you see the wooden structure of the Burning Man, the man that happens at Burning Man. But it's leaning all funky. Its head, you can see, is made out of white fabric and light-colored wood. But all the rest of its structure, everything but the head, is black. Blackened two-by-fours, stuff like that. Steve Fritz my uh, friend and collaborator uh, who passed away a couple years ago. Steve took this photograph at Burning Man in 2007. If you've never been to Burning Man or had somebody talk your ear off about it, I'll tell you real quickly. Um, I haven't been in years, but the basic idea is we build this man, this giant, you know, 40-something feet tall man out of wood, place them on top of a structure. The first year I went, it was a couple of hay bales. Now it's really elaborate structures like UFOs and stuff. And then uh, on the Saturday night after this festival, this city of 70,000 people now pops up out there in the middle of the desert of Nevada, Black Rock Desert. On the Saturday night, there's a great celebratory gathering and we burn it down. An amazing pyrotechnics fireworks well, in 2007, someone 
climbed up and lit the man on fire on the very first night of the Burning Man Festival. So like the Monday night, full moon. And honestly, at first I thought it was really funny. Um, but a lot of people in the community were really upset. This is the beacon that we build the whole city around for the whole week. And somebody, you know, wanted to spoil that for everybody else. And this person turned out to be quite unhinged and committed arson somewhere else later and other acts suggesting pain and trauma. I didn't know all that at the time. So this photograph that Steve took is of the people taking down the half-burnt man. The man that wasn't supposed to be completely burnt. And you know what they did? The people of Burning Man? They built a new one, of course. They're just like, okay, we're out in the middle of the desert. Somebody drive a couple hours to Reno, get some more supplies. And out here in the middle of the 112-degree desert, under the sun, we're going to build us a new one of these. And that spirit of coming together is what we're experiencing right now in our lostness and in our collective, perhaps, refinding. There's trouble. Something has changed. What do we do? We rebuild that thing. I think one concern in the current situation in America is that maybe maybe we don't just want to rebuild the same man. Maybe that man needs to get burned down and we need to burn, build something better. It's hard to tell. There are many aspects of our society that don't work, that are bad for the environment, that are socially unjust. Late capitalism is a big old mess. And yet... To watch everyone come together and say, we'll weather hardship, we'll build together. And we can't physically gather the name of this suit in the Burning Tarot, uh, the Burner's Oracle, which is the reverse side of the regular Burner's Tarot deck. Um, the suit of gather is about gathering, but this is a different kind of gathering. And uh, not coincidentally, the reverse side of that card is the tower. And we pulled that the other day. It's time for a shakedown. A toppling. And a reshaping. It's time to watch things crumble around us. And a time to feel our boat being lonely on its drifting sea. It's hard to stay in that place and, and just deal with it. I'm lost. I'm not sure what's going to happen next. There are people that I love. There's one right here. And by the way, I also drew a tower when I was doing a tarot reading. Oh, a while really? Ago too. Oh, dear. It was my rat tarot deck. With your rat tarot deck that a certain special person gave you? Maybe mm -hmm. that person will listen to this. I'll, I'll suggest that she do that. Um, wow. Towers happen and towers fall. So I think of the confluence of lostness and the excitement of a little bit of change and a little bit of maybe being lost. And the need to gather to repair what has been broken 
or maybe to just build a new one. We don't have to build it on the exact same plan of the old one. It'll be interesting to see what we do. What was that? A better one. We might build a better one. With the coming of the spring equinox. The equinox? Well, we've already been there, huh? I know. Yeah. Yep, I like your insight, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the the crumbling man is kind of like a crumbling tower. Like the tower. I think you're right. And so is that snag. It got... That's down by lightning. But I don't think that one was lightning, honey. That was a drought. Oh. But good point. Very good point. The snags fall. The towers fall. Even the burning man falls. They all fall. All right. And humans fall. And humans. Oh my gosh, there's a car out here. Don't see that every day. All right, we better go. Um it's been great checking in with everybody. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, even if you're lost or drifty or excitedly lost or rebuilding. Much love.